And we're live. All right. What's up, guys? This is the first episode of the Points League Pros official podcast. My name is Luis Calabro, and I'm joined by my longtime faithful fantasy partner. You want to introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. Justin Chernow here. Longtime Points League player. Hater of Roto. Always been hating Roto and category leagues. Um, so we're we're kind of uh we're trying to test the waters, uh, trying to make some new headway with our uh, our little points league pros project here. Um, we both have been playing fantasy for a very long time, right? Like it's been what 13, 14 years at this point. Yeah, it's uh it's been a long time. Started on I think ESPN. Um, oh yeah. Back in the day when ESPN was actually one of the few sites that had fantasy, and now you have a, a bunch of different platforms you can use, and ESPN, I think, is the worst among them. Yeah, they just uh, they kept taking away features until uh, we, we kind of couldn't work with it anymore. But we've been, in, we've been in the game for a while, and throughout the entire ride, we've kind of struggled to find good points league content that accurately projected players in a points league format because i mean to start points league formats vary so much right like the default espn settings back in the day were crazy um we've kind of it's crazy to me because you think of fantasy and most people play fantasy football right and fantasy football is a points league format i think people in general enjoy that right no one's clamoring amongst themselves and saying fantasy football should be played roto so i don't know why people view baseball so differently yeah i agree and we both tried to play the other formats too and i've personally just found them way more dry and and less entertaining i know i know they're really popular in the community and uh i'm sure they have their merits but points leagues have always just been so much more fun because it gives you that excitement of a fantasy football matchup but you know it uses the best sport in in the world it uses baseball so I mean, I think it comes down to, right, for me, it's rewarding the players on your roster in fantasy proportionately to what they do on the field, right? right? How do we look at a list of players and determine who is better than the other? And to me, the best way to do that is kind of putting everything into one bucket, right? You, you take all the different stats and, and all you care about is the output number. You don't care how you get there. You don't care if it's through stolen bases, home runs, singles, doubles. As long as that total points number is higher than someone else, you can easily tell who the best player is. Right. And I like that you mentioned that because in traditional formats, right, like I, I started off at the very beginning uh, playing category leagues. And if your player hits a triple, for example, right, like triples are probably the hardest things to do in uh, in baseball for a hitter, right, of any hit. But... If a, if a player hits a triple, right, it's not a home run. Like Maybe it gets you an RBI easier or a run easier. But if the next three hitters come up, they all strike out, it doesn't matter that your player hit a triple rather than a single, you know, or a double, a walk, a hit by pitch. It's all just kind of counted the same way. Yeah, it's, it's the quality of hit, right, that makes part of the difference in – Typical Roto or 5x5 five five fantasy baseball leagues, you'll have either an average category or an on-base percentage category. And a triple is worth the same as a double, is the same as a single. I mean, in that 
scenario then. I think maybe using slugging percentage instead of those may be a better bet, but then you still miss out on the walk part of it. So right. for me, right, putting putting all parts and facets of a player's game, weighting, weighting them appropriately, and then coming out with that total points number, you, it's so easy to compare who's better than the other. Obviously, it's hard to do when you're creating projections. But at the end of the season, it's very easy to tell who did better than someone else. Right. So I definitely like how it proportions stats more fairly and more clearly. And I also think it's worth mentioning that there's that like fun aspect to it where, you know, if you're playing a, a category setup, you could have a great week and feel, you know, you're supposed to feel good about your win. Maybe you win 6-4, 7-3, you know. It's very rare you're winning 10-0 or 9-1 or even 8-2. And there's something different about winning 6-4 or 7-3, just getting a win in, in points league. You know, like, I'm sure anyone that's played fantasy football can can attest to that. You know, you beat your opponent, that's it. You know, and there's more on the line. There's more at stake. If it's a close matchup, you're, you're more invested. Yeah, it it also embarks a bit more gamesmanship when you look at head-to-head categories where if you're winning home runs by a large amount and it's getting close to the end of the week, maybe you want to pick up someone who might get you a stolen base or two if that's the closer category. But that may not be the best player to pick up. So why does that matter? Why are we weighing those categories equally? Stolen bases are worth one win, just like home runs are worth one win. But you can't tell me if there's a player that steals 40 bases and there's a player that hits 40 home runs that one is not the actual better baseball player than the other Yeah. in terms of the contract they're going to get in free agency or the way that war is calculated Oh, definitely. Um, if you take the defensive metrics out of it. So how do we better align fancy baseball with the actual baseball game that we all know and love? Yeah, and I think one of the barriers to a lot of people entering points leagues is it's pretty complicated as we found out over all the years we've been playing to create the right format in terms of what type of statistics are going to be worth what and I remember when we first started playing there was this whole issue with with starting pitching because the default settings for uh, points league formats are crazy when it comes to starting Mm -hmm. pitching Right. I think wins were worth 10 points. Mm-hmm. Losses were negative five. Strikeouts are one, you know, uh, innings were I think I think each inning pitched was three. E- each out was a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when all was said and done, uh, you ended up having pitchers that could get, you know, 50 points on any given night. And you also had pitchers that could get you, you know, negative 30 on any given night. And that's not to say that pitching is not, you know a volatile and important part of uh, points leagues. It's, it's one of the most important parts of points leagues, but we've, you know, we've learned what to scale back. We've learned what to change. Um, I remember stolen bases were just worth one point. That wasn't enough. Um, strikeouts, right? Strikeouts for hitters being a, being a penalty. Um, grounding into double plays being a penalty. There's so many things that you can, you can add to customize how you want your league to run. And uh, I think that plays into what you were talking about earlier with the the flexibility. But um, yeah. I think I mean, a I lot think of people that's... don't don't play because they just don't know how to set up their leagues, right? 
Yeah, and you're exactly right. I have it up right in front of me. Wins are 10, losses were negative five, saves were five, and blown saves were negative five. So um, we've, over the last 13, 14 years, have really fine-tuned the settings. That's what we're here for, right? Making points leagues more accessible for everyone, um, right. for people who want to try it. There's not enough point league content out there. And we see projections and rankings, um, and they're mostly made for category and roto leagues. I think Maybe ESPN might publish one points league, but I don't think there's a lot of thought that goes into those rankings. Yeah, we've seen those rankings. Those are not points league yeah. rankings. <laughs> no. So it's it's a very accessible format, and I think a fun format, if you know what you're doing. So if we can help publish what we do for our league and what we found works over the last 13 years, maybe it will get a couple of people who try out points leagues and likes it better. Yeah. And and that's what we're really trying to do here, make it more accessible, you know, introduce this format that we believe in, we believe is more fun and um, produce content exclusively tailored to it. So you want to uh, give some of your, your background in, in our league, because over the 14 years we've been playing, you are undoubtedly the, uh, the, the big guy in the league. You've been the villain to, to many, you've been a hero to some, um, but tell us a little bit about your time playing in, uh, in our league. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say at least the league that we have together. That's been the oldest league is our home league, right? It started with a bunch of friends from New York city, um, all together trying to vie for a fantasy baseball championship. And over the last 13 years, I have, I think nine final appearances, 10 final appearances, something like that. And it's a lot. Yeah. I think I've won six times. Is yep. that correct? I finally got the thumb on the other finger. Yeah, you're you're close to Tom Brady. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think people listening are going to think that we're playing with like five-year-old children uh, in <laughs> terms we... of fantasy baseball. Yeah, we we can assure you that's that's not the case. It's a no. It, it's very competitive. It's the most competitive league that I've ever played in. It's yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how many high stakes leagues I do or how many leagues with industry experts that I participate in or we co-manage teams in. Right. This is by far the most competitive league that we're part of. Um, yeah. Just in terms of there, there's there's pride on the line, right? That, that's so what it much comes pride. Down to. So much pride. And it's a year long grind. Like we're we're on it every day putting in the time, you know, so everybody really, really, really wants to win. But you've had the most success by far. You've figured out the best strategies. You've, you know, pinpointed pickups at the right times and six championships. That's that's a ton. Well, it's changed over time, right? You got to adapt with the times and, and ebb and flow with what the league gives you. And I think that that's where I've been able to sort of try and be on the precipice of the forthcoming strategy, not be backwards looking and follow what other people do. But right. I mean, I think the years I haven't won, I've mostly been upset by you. Um, and upset, I mean, I'm upset. You definitely had the favorite team in most of those matchups because when you go off, your team is pretty unbeatable. Yeah, so I definitely have not had the same success rate as far as making finals or winning finals. But I do like to think of myself as a, a special player in the league because when I do have a good season, it's kind of clear early on in that year that, that my team is the favorite and probably will win. So at this point, I've only got, you know, three championships, which I, I think is pretty solid. But compared to your sixes, you know, <laughs> absolutely nothing. But yeah, together, we've got nine, which I would like to think 
makes us point league pros, maybe? I mean, it's where the name comes from. And you have a lot to learn, young grasshopper. But, you know, the more we do this together, the maybe you'll be able to beat me one of these years. <laughs> you'll get up to six one day. Don't worry. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Your time is coming. But, right, how do we help other people win their points leagues? Or start a points league with their friends and dominate it? That's think, what we're trying to do. Yeah. And the first thing that I think, you know, we're both excited to do is to publish our first set of just specific to points leagues rankings um, that are going to factor in. They're going to be tailored around our league settings. Right. But we're going to we're going to have a, a post on our website that explains the league settings. And in our rankings, you know. We'll we'll kind of go through each position. We'll have some articles that explain why certain players might be better values than others. But I think we can just make a lot of content that uh, will be very helpful to people who are playing in points leagues because, like we were saying earlier, there's not enough out there that explains the the type of statistics you want to be looking at, right? Most of the content is, this guy steals a lot of bases, draft him early. This guy hits a lot of home runs, draft him early. And it's not so simple in points leagues, right? You don't want Joey Gallo as your you know, first or second or maybe even third or fourth outfielder because he's going to strike out 220 times. And that's going to be a lot of negatives, you know, and maybe you want to draft a pitcher in the first round or the second round. Whereas, you know, a lot of websites will tell you, Hey, wait on pitching. So I definitely think we have a lot of very different takes from the typical metagame that you see in a a rotisserie or head to head category league. And I'm excited to share a lot of that with, with the, whoever's out there, whoever comes across our, our content. Yeah, so I guess what, what's your favorite thing that our league does that's, you know, different than others, that other people might be able to copy, whether it's points league specific or not, something with roster formation, scoring, what do you think that the value of what we're going to be able to provide the most fun aspect of our league is? Well, I definitely like that we incorporate for hitting at least uh, strikeouts as a, uh, a big part of the metagame because it adds another dimension when you're picking a hitter. Um, it kind of makes it more complicated, right? You need to, you need to ask yourself a lot of times when you're looking at a player for their counting stats, whether or not they're going to have good days when they don't hit that home run. Because if you're sitting around waiting for a player to hit, you know, 40 home runs, right? But all he does is hit home runs. Like, I don't know if anyone listening is going to remember Jack Cust back in the day, but that guy struck out or hit home runs, right? (laughs) And when he's not hitting a home run, he's striking out. And each time he strikes out, you're going to lose points. So a lot of weeks, if you had Jack Cust way back in the day, he was a liability. Even if he was a guy who rotisserie and head-to-head category leagues would love because he'd have those weeks where he'd hit, you know, six home runs. I like in our league that it's more about consistency. It's more about players who are good every day rather than players who just explode occasionally. Yeah. Uh, to that point, I think for me, it's that we reward players for getting to first base, right? It's not just by doing it by hitting a single. You also get points for walking. You get points for getting hit by a pitch. You get points for catcher's interference if you get to first base that way. Right. Because it's, you know, going back to the theory in Moneyball, right? And I know that people like to quote that as a, somewhat of the start of the sabermetrics type 
of analytical process, but that's what Billy Bean had targeted, right? Players who have better on-base percentages than averages. Um, and because it doesn't matter how you get to first base, it just matters that you get there. Um, and so we, we reward that. And that's why, I mean, if you ask me, the number one player in points leagues, at least number one hitter, I would say, is Juan Soto. And I don't necessarily think that I can say the same about him in Roto or head-to-head leagues because he doesn't have the speed that some of the other players do, and his walks aren't rewarded if it's an average league. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And to your Moneyball point, you know, Jonah Hill's always been a big icon for you. I know you've tried to tailor your look around. He's a fan of the show, too, Jonah Hill. <laughs> Jonah Hill, good guy, he's a good point, guy. He's a point league pro fan. <laughs> but no, yeah, the the... There's so many parts in a points league that I feel like add depth to the the game of fantasy baseball. And if we switch over to the pitching side, right, a lot of people might be confused. We have a, a game start limit, right? We roster nine starting pitchers on uh, on our rosters any given week. But we also allow four relief pitchers, right? And the metagame over the years has shifted a lot where back when we first started and we had a I think we allowed an unlimited amount of uh, starts per week. The the best metagame you could do is uh, have a relief pitcher who is technically a relief pitcher on whatever platform you're playing on, but is actually a starting pitcher, you know, because maybe they're they're a young pitcher that, that wasn't registered as a, as a starter at the beginning of the season. Now they come up and you have a 10th starter, right? That was a big thing. Um, and we've, we've scaled back, you know, as we've edited our settings, but I really like that the metagame shifts. And now that we've implemented a, a game start limit, there's a, a good argument to be made that you want an RP who also has dual eligibility as an SP so that you can plug them in to one of your active starting pitcher slots. And this might sound very complicated if you're new to points leagues, but you know, as you play more and you see the, the roster format, the roster composition, these things will start to make sense because a lot of the weeks you're trying to get as many points as possible, right? You don't want to leave points on the bench. That's that's never a good thing. So I like how, in terms of pitching, the metagame's always changing, and we really allow a lot of different strategies with how you play. Yeah, it's it, it, let's call it what it is, metagame or loophole that sure, you sure. can use a, a relief pitcher that's technically a reliever in fantasy, but is actually a starter. And we've gone through the growing pains of that, right? We've found ways to close those loopholes. And I think that's what makes our league so great. It's a very democratic process as we vote on things in the off season um, and ensure that those those things are closed and that we can play fairly and, and all have fun uh, without having Chris Sale as a reliever. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I think he did start that way. Um, but it's, yeah, to, to exactly your point, and also, right, a lot of the, when you think about head-to-head categories or roto leagues, it may actually make sense to fit players, if, like a Joey Gallo type, that may hurt your ratio stats, your, your not your counting stats like runs and RBIs and home runs, but a, a player that may hurt your average, a player that may hurt your ERA, just by having them play the game, it may actually make sense for you to sit those players, and that would never happen in actual baseball, and that shouldn't happen in, in this league as well, um, right? There are players, and for the most point, players get positive points in points leagues. I, if it's a very tough matchup and you have the only player playing on a Sunday night, maybe it makes sense to sit that players. But for the most point, you're playing everyone who's on your roster because there's no sort of gamesmanship around the fantasy aspect of the game. Right. 
And taking that even further, I think you're rostering a lot of players that you wouldn't even consider in a traditional Roto or H to H category league because, right, if it's a, a saves category league, right, no long relievers are going to get rostered. But in mm-hmm. our league, you know, a lot of times they'll come through with a, a 10 point outing. You know, maybe they pitch one or two innings and they're, you know, they get a lot of strikeouts. Or maybe you have a hitter who just came up and he's really good at getting, you know, on base. He's walking a lot. He's not striking out a lot, but maybe he doesn't hit a lot of home runs or steal a lot of bases. In a traditional league, that that might not help you. But in our league, if he's scoring a lot of points per game, that's all you really need. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't have said it better myself. So why don't we talk a bit about, I don't know if you can think back over the last 13 years, who have been some players that have historically been better in points leagues than in traditional road over head-to-head category leagues? Who's the first player that comes to mind? Carlos Santana is the first guy. He always comes to mind. Yeah, he's always ranked really low. Uh, Even this year, he's ranked really low. But he's always walked so much. And I think there's been a lot of seasons, actually, in his career where his walk rate was higher than his strikeout rate. And a player like that doesn't need to hit 40 home runs or even 30 home runs to to be successful in a points league because if he's walking more than he's striking out right there he's going to be valuable because you know he's going to hit singles he's going to hit doubles he's going to get his rbis he's going to get his runs but now you're factoring in that on top of everything you know he's been a stud and a lot of times we've had players uh we've had you know individuals in our league reach for him way 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 ahead of where his ranking is so He's got to be my pick. I don't know if you've got one too, or you know, if you need some time to to think about it. Yeah, no, he he's definitely the poster child, and I think that another one that comes to mind is Matt Carpenter um, of the Cardinals. I don't think he, he's on a team anymore. I think he's a free agent, but um, for a couple of years, he was you know another person who very good at getting on base. You know, there's a little bit of pop, minimizes the strikeouts. Um, a, a very good overall well-rounded player. Um, and I think that that's kind of what you're looking for in points leagues. And the thing about a lot of these websites and the, the drafting sites is that the traditional ADP lists that these sites followed are not tailored for points leagues. So that creates a couple of things. One, it creates a buying opportunity for certain players that may not appear on the screen, but also creates kind of a market inefficiency for us where we can help these websites if they do want to better tailor their points leagues um, to use different ADP lists because there's no reason why Santana or Carpenter in the years that they were in their prime should have been ranked as low as they did. Um, and it's really about who's going to reach for those players first because everyone kind of has their eye on them. I mean, the, the savvy players will know who those guys are um, and be able to reach for them. And I think that the player coming up that can be like that is a Reese Hoskins. I think he's going to be the next face of like the Carlos Santana of, you know, walks a lot, has a decent amount of pop, plays in a good home ballpark, a good lineup, has some RBI and run opportunities, um, strikes out a little bit, probably more than I would like, but the walks make up for it. I think he's, he's definitely someone in today's game who you can say he's in his prime is better in points league than he is roto yeah he's a great example for sure um and taking it over to the pitching side of things right it's it's a little different for points leagues as well because innings pitched are so important in points leagues right you want your strikeouts obviously you want guys who don't give up a ton of runs ton of walks ton of hits 
But um, if a pitcher can go deep into a game, a lot of times that offers a, a bit of a safety net where if he does give up, you know, four runs, but he went seven innings, you know, maybe he's not hitting you with that heavy negative because in points leagues, a lot of the time, if you have a pitcher get, you know, absolutely shelled, they can get you negative 10, negative 15, negative 20, you know, and that can, that can tank your week sometimes. So, you know, some players like that over the years, I know Zach Greinke has always been a guy who's, you know, he goes deep into games, but as he's gotten older, the strikeouts haven't been there as much. And a lot of websites have been really down on him, but he's always been a good contributor in our leagues. I know. Um, I think another one that you always end up going with is Herman Marquez, right? Yeah. He's, he's an interesting one. Cause you have to kind of know how to deploy him um, depending upon how your league works. I typically will have my eye on him and be careful about the matchups that I'm using him in, but uh, more times than not, I do find that he's worth the value at his pick because I do find that most people are very averse to drafting him because of his home ballpark. Um, I know he's on a lot of people's do not draft list just because they don't want the headache. But if you do know how to deploy him and how to use him, I think he's a he's a very viable starter. I think the thing I enjoy about starters in points leagues is that there's not just one way to get points, right? You can be the Kyle Hendricks, Zach Granke, go deep into game and do a lot of soft contact and get your points really through your innings pitched and your lack of earned runs. Or on the opposite side of the coin, you can be, you know, call it the Dinelson Lamette of a couple of years ago when he was a starter. Your favorite player. It, not my favorite <laughs> player, but that's, he's, he's an archetype, right? He represents a, a type of player that exists. But he would also be able to get his points by going four innings, five innings, and having, call it, nine or ten strikeouts in, in that time. So right. there's more than one way to get the points. And it's really about, as I said, you know, putting everything into that one bucket, and you can make the decision of who's the better player based upon the projections that you're using. But you don't have to sit there and think, oh, I have too many Kyle Hendricks types. I need to now go for the strikeout guy because I'm going to lose my strikeout categories in my Roto League. You don't have to balance that, right? Everything goes into that one points bucket. And if you have a bunch of Kyle Hendricks and they all have two ERAs, who cares who they're strike if they're striking out, you know, five people per seven innings, you know, the points will be there. Right, right. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the, the main stat in a points league is points per game or points per start. And you can get those points in a number of different ways. Um, and yeah, I, I love that that whenever there is a matchup, right? And we see this a lot of the time in uh, in the fantasy playoffs. You've you've done this a lot. You've broken a lot of hearts by doing this. But you can scramble and you can find points from really, you know, from players that you wouldn't have guessed, right? I remember a couple of years back, Seth Lugo was a, a long reliever who you could – you could slot in as your like fourth reliever because because he had that dual eligibility and he was great he was he was killing it you know he would get you you know maybe once or twice a week he'd come in he'd get you 10 points or even if he got you eight points and over the course of you know the two-week matchup maybe that was a anywhere from a you know 20 to 40 point swing and you know that that helps that can that can win you your matchup yeah, I'm taking a look back at last year just to see who were the top points players based upon our league settings. 
And I don't think it's surprising. I also don't think it's very different from Roto, where Vlad was number one, Semyon was number two, and this is hitters only. Jose Ramirez, number three. Juan Soto, number four. Otani was number five. He's a special case because he also gets the pitching points. So if we remove him, Freddie Freeman, number five. Bryce Harper, number six. Matt Olson, number seven. Ozzy Albies, number eight. Bo Bichette, number nine. And Goldschmidt, number 10. I, I think maybe where you see that differ from Roto is is maybe you have a guy like Trey Turner or Cedric Mullins get in there in Roto because they have the steals and steals are so hard to come by, but right. you don't have to force speed. And I think that's one thing you often hear about uh, if you listen to any other podcast that specifically deals with Roto or category leagues is that you're always worried about speed. Do I have too much speed? Do I not have enough speed? When do I get speed? When do I draft Adalberto Mondesi? Yeah. Things like that, right? So. <laughs> You don't have to worry about that. Trey Turner's still a great player. I think he ended up being 11th. Um, so he had a very, very, very good year. But the speed does not disproportionately account for so much of his value that you need to push him up that far. Right. And that's not to say that Trey Turner can't pop off and, and be a top, you know, three hitter at the end of the year. He definitely could, right? Like Trey Turner could have a career year this year. But you don't have to draft him just because he could steal 50 bases, you know, and, and that's nice. It, it gives you flexibility to go with different types of players in a lot of these uh, draft picks where you might otherwise feel boxed into a certain thing, right? Draft day is like a, you know, it's like a holiday for us. It's like a second Christmas and each pick is so fun and so exciting. And it's kind of defeating sometimes when you look at the board and you see a bunch of guys who could break out, you're so excited about. And then if you had to look at your team composition and say, ah, oh, man, well, I don't really have any steals, guys. You know, got to go get Chone Figgins from, from the days past, if anybody remembers that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many empty everything, just high steals guys, right? Like Ben Revere, the, these little slap hitters, I think yeah, they're... Yeah, Billy Hamilton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all those guys who were drafted in like the sixth, seventh round. They didn't yeah, provide really anything but steals. And often, more times than not, they're disappointed, even in the steals category, because they're just not worth it, because they don't give you anything else. But throw that all out the window in points leagues. You don't have to worry about that. They're not rosterable. Don't worry. Yeah. You're not losing anything by missing out on those players. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I feel like that's, you know... One of the main reasons why we just have so much more fun playing a points league, like 14 years in. And I don't think I could ever see us making a switch to a roto or, or a head to head category league. You know, I wouldn't, there would be this. a revolt of our league. Mate of course, everybody, everybody loves the settings of this league to the point where there's a waiting list to get into, it. you know, like it's, it's such a fun experience playing with, you know, the settings that we've, we figured out how to tailor. And I feel like, you know, I feel like they're really, equitable we've found a pretty fair scoring system that rewards all different types of players but it doesn't overly weigh one thing versus the other you know at the end of the day you want good hitters who don't strike out too often just as you would want in real life and you want pitchers who can go deep into games and get a lot of strikeouts and not give up too many runs so you're still going for the same things but there's just so much more flexibility and so much more fun playing in it so I definitely yeah. think anyone that tries it out is is going to have a hard time going back to the other way, especially once they figure out, you know, how to play in the league, what types of players they want on their team and everything. Because there is a learning curve for sure, but once you get that down, it's it's just so much more fun. 
it's still the same baseball game we all know and love, right? Home runs are still probably the best thing that you can do for a hitter. And it's, it's, it's rewarded uh, uh, proportionally, right? Four points for a home run. You get the one point for the run that you scored. You get one point for your own RBI and then however many runners were on base when you hit the home run. So right. six points for a solo home run and then plus one point for every base that was occupied when you hit the home run. It's the, it's the best thing that you can do, like the best one play that you can have. That's some quick math right there. Uh, they, uh, look, I'm not a quant for nothing. <laughs> Should rub off my astrophysicist degree. <laughs> yeah. The the fans aren't going to know that about you. You know, this big brain we're working with over here. This well, now they champion. know the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> but, so uh, why, yeah. Don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about the our ideas for the format of this podcast moving forward. So I think that we both have points league rankings that we want to reveal. Um, and I think we're going to talk about some of the differences between each of those positional rankings that we have. We haven't, we haven't seen each other's rankings yet. No, we um, haven't shown so each other our stuff. No, it's, I it's will show all, you mine. If you show me yours, it'll happen. Cause we have to compare. Yeah. And so we'll go through and we'll talk about some of the differences that we have. I think maybe we can talk a little bit in depth about some of the top players at each position. And then what we'll try to do is give, a couple of hints for sleepers, breakouts, buffs, and maybe we'll track those throughout the year and see how how close we actually get. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll have a couple of board bets in there as we usually do. We don't always do the best job at keeping track of them, but you know, pre-draft, we love making those board bets. So there'll be some fun stuff to follow, keep an eye on, and definitely a ton of stuff for, for new points lead players to learn. And honestly, for experienced points lead players to to you know open their their minds about because we've been doing it for a long time and i think we definitely can uh help people win their leagues yeah and it's uh obviously the season is a bit in jeopardy right now um i don't think it's going to start on time so that makes it a perfect time to switch over to a points league right because you have extra time to research you have extra time to test out the settings get everything right listen to our podcast and um end up scheduling your points league draft with your entire league. So I think that this is a perfect time actually to switch over points league because I'm confident we will get a season, but I don't think it's going to start on time. Yeah. It's not fun not knowing for sure that there's going to be baseball, but there's got to be baseball. We've just gotten through, you know, a couple of years of pandemic. We're still going through. We need baseball. We need baseball in our lives. It's it's sad without it. So I'm hoping that they, they figure something out soon. But I definitely agree. It's a good time to switch over to a points league. You're not going to regret it. You're you're never going to regret making the the swap. Um, you know, like the analogy you brought up earlier. Could anyone imagine playing in a head-to-head category fantasy football league where you have to account for? I don't even know what you would account for, but like you know, airtime. <laughs> like it's it's what, crazy. What categories would you account for after? You know, like, oh, my my defense forced more fumbles than yours, so I get a win. Yeah. Right, like, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot of pre-draft content. Um, go through all of our rankings, compare them. I think what we'll do is probably some strategy sections as well. How we think about going through the draft, um, how to format a team and and adapt during the middle of the draft. We'll talk about some players that we think are primed to target at their given ADP based upon the system that you're using. I think for the most part, we'll try to use NFBC ADPs. Um, yeah, that seems fair. That, yeah, has the aggregate. I mean, we we do play on uh, fan tracks, but 
I know a lot of people use Yahoo. A lot of people use, well, not a lot of people use ESPN, but some people use ESPN. Um, and so we'll try to use the NFPC data for, for most of the ADP stuff. Yeah. And I think the goal is that, you know, you can come onto our site and the, the content's going to just kind of, you know, take you by the hand and it should be pretty easy to understand. Um, and it, you know, if you just take the time to uh, digest it a bit, you should be, you know, points league pro yourself. So I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah. You like that? I worked that right you're in a point league pro yourself. There you go. A little bit um, at the end right there. Why don't we plug some of our social media accounts so that people know where to find us uh, before we launch the website? Go for it, man. You're you're the social media junkie over here. So that's me, the social media <laughs> junkie. So what we uh, have is Instagram account, which is Point League Pros, P O I N T S L E A G U E P R O S. You can follow us there. We have a Twitter account, um, which is Point League Pros. This time, League is L G. There is a character tap on Twitter. So it's Point League Pros, League is L G. Um, follow us there. We're trying to tweet out some polls, get everyone ready for their Points Leagues, um, some content about maybe wishing that there's going to be a baseball season, trying to wish it into existence now that the weather's getting a bit warmer. Manifest. Make the manifestation circle. That's right. Um, and we'll retweet some stuff from some of the uh, scouts and uh, some of the people who are covering what's going on with the lockout. Just make sure everyone's aware of where we stand. So I think that those are our main two sites right now, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and we should have uh, links on our website to the socials. For anyone that's lazy and doesn't want to type those in so when that launches we'll be sure to let everyone know um hopefully in time for the next podcast episode when we go through the rankings definitely awesome all right well thanks to everyone for listening you know we hope we were able to uh, entertain you for the 38 minutes that we've been live um and we're excited to bring you guys some points league content make it more accessible and like uh my boy over here justin said you know put you guys onto something something great and uh and exciting so I think that's it for now, right? Anything else you want to say? That's it. Looking forward to playing points, Lisa, with everyone. All right, man.